your hand. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We are in Philippians. We're going, no, Galatians. We're going through Galatians chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We're making our way. Anyone need a Bible? Raise your hand if you do. If anyone need a, needs a Bible, raise your hand. We have one right here. Uh, any more Bibles? Right over here. <laughs> we have a Bible right here. Okay, Timmy, run. Run, Timmy, run. <laughs> if you guys have never seen Timmy run, wow. All I can say is I've never seen a human being run that fast when I saw him running around that track at the Reggie Lewis Center. But... Uh, Anyone else need a Bible? Okay, so Galatians 2.20, we are in one verse as we're making our way through Galatians. This is the Apostle Paul by the Holy Spirit, and he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Lord, I ask that you do what no man can do no human preacher, no human teacher. I pray that you make those words just part of what we live and breathe, Lord. I also pray that you would bring understanding. What do, what do these words mean? I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. Father, we thank you. We are here and we are here, Lord, not as a people who are wondering what on earth are we on earth for? Lord, we are here because we know we, are, we have been put on planet Earth to seek you, to love you, to serve you, to rejoice in your presence. Father, there's many voices, many hindrances to us hearing you today. Would you do the work to clear up our minds, our ears, open our eyes that that very thing would happen, Lord, that we would be rejoicing in your presence. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. Daughter Grace, can you bring me my water? <laughs> so Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ.
It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Those are words not for us to, to say, oh, this is, this is the life of a very holy man and he can say that. No, those are your words. Those are words for you. They were put there by God so that these words, that you own them. And they become part of your DNA. Part of what you live and what you breathe. That's my prayer for you, each of you. Part of your bones, your flesh. Your DNA. I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live now, in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, it has been said that all Christianity... All of what Christianity is has been packed into this one verse. This is a memory verse that many people have, and it's a good one. It's a good one to type out, print off, cut out, and put over your doorpost of your bedroom or wherever. There's five parts to this verse, each one so important for you to understand. Here they are, five parts. Each of them has a sermon. I'm going to give you a really, really brief sermon of each of them. Five sermons in one. The first part of this verse says, I have been crucified with Christ. What does that mean? The second part of the verse. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Part three of this verse, the life which I now live in the body, I now live a life in the body. There's another way of saying it. Part four, I live by faith in the Son of God, and then finally, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, interestingly, it uses the word, this one verse uses the word I or me, I believe, eight times. This is all for you. This is a verse to, to, for you to own, to make your own, to make who you are. This verse is about you. This is not, you know, I, me, myself. Yes, that's the unholy trinity. But, but actually, if you live this verse, that unholy trinity will be slain. It will be crucified. It will be killed. This is how self dies. Yes, I, me, and myself. That's the, it's the life of self. You live this verse, self will be killed. It will be slain.
So I'd like to go through each part of this, this verse here. Let's start with the first one. I have been crucified with Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. This is a note-taking sermon, by the way. If you are taking notes, and I hope that you are. This is a note-taking sermon. What does this mean? What on earth does this mean? Can we keep that up, Dave? I have been crucified with Christ. You can, you can keep that up. Well, it means at least two things. I have been crucified with Christ. It means in a very real way, you were there. As odd as it may sound, you were there. On the cross with Jesus. And I'm not going weird on you. The Bible actually teaches that. It says in 1 Peter, in 1 Peter, it says in chapter 2, verse 24, it says, Jesus himself bore our sins, and that means yours, in his own body on the tree. So, you know, Paul often speaks that he, his job is to, to bring forth the mystery of Christ and explain it. There is still a mystery, even when we're told the mystery. You don't fully explain it, but I have been crucified with Christ. Number one, it means you were there. Every one of your sins, past, present, future, somehow in his body, there. That means that, uh, when that guilt for that sin, that sin that you did yesterday, last week, last year, 30 years ago, that is hounding you, you can cry out, I've been crucified with Christ. Thank you, God. I have been crucified with Christ. Stop hounding me. Guilt. Shame. Because I've been crucified with Christ. You may not look at yourself this way, but according to the law of the Bible, you were a criminal. You violated God's law in more, in more ways than you'll ever be able to count. But the punishment that the law required was fulfilled when your sins were punished by death on the cross. And now you can say, I've been crucified with Christ. I have been crucified with Christ. The second thing that it means, I have been crucified with Christ. It means that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you agree to die. We, we discussed this a few weeks ago when we were talking about what it means to believe in Christ. To believe in Christ means you die with Christ. To die to the way of life and the way of thinking you've lived in a sense, to be crucified and go to the grave with him. And that's why Paul said to the church in Colossus, he said this in Colossians chapter, two, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 3. He said, you died and your life is hidden with Christ and, and God. You died. It's the second thing it means when Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It, it, it means that happened. You died when you came to Jesus by faith. That's what happened. Okay. Let's go to the second part of Galatians 
chapter 2, verse 20. Again, it says, I've been crucified with Christ. And then the next part of the verse, it says, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. What does that mean? Briefly, it means at least four things. I'm going to go through these quickly. It means... Christian, if you've given your faith, if you've put your faith in Jesus, it means Jesus Christ literally lives in you. That's what it means. The life that I now live, the life that I now live, or rather it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Jesus Christ lives in you. And so here's a, ver a verse that I quote often, Revelation 3.20. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Behold, I stand at the door, meaning the door of your life and life of every other human being on planet Earth, and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him. Dine with him? That sounds strange. That speaks to the fact that Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. And when you say, yes, come in, my king. My, I'm tired of being my own king. You come in, please, Jesus. Now I just can't take it anymore. He comes inside of you. So, so what, again, what does it mean? There's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It means literally Jesus lives in you by and through the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1 says, The moment a believer believes, they are sealed with the Holy Spirit who comes inside of them. He is with you um, from that point, by the way, ever and always for all eternity. From that moment that you say, yes, God. The Bible says at that point you can't get him out even if you want to. Your life and his life join forever. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. What else does it mean? It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It means I'm done with it. I pray to the Lord that every one of you has come to this place in your life. I'm done with sin. I'm done with lying. I'm done with cursing. I'm done with pornography. I'm done with my lazy self sleeping in every morning instead of talking to God and reading the Bible. I'm done with putting my career over absolutely everything and everybody in my life. I hate it. I'm done with it. I'm done with sin. I'm I, The life that... Rather, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. I've been crucified with sin. Uh, I've been crucified with Christ. I'm done with sin. It means you, you, you no longer think like the world. You no longer talk like the world. You no longer act like the world, smell like the world, taste like the world. Listen, Calvary Chapel. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me means sin and the sway of the world no longer has power over you. 
And I, I, I'm, not, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give any excuses for the Bible. There's people who I read that verse to and all the time, they, they do whatever they can to try to convince me that they are the one exception. But the Bible says that sin no longer has power over you. It doesn't mean you stop sinning. You're going to keep on sinning until you get a glorified body when you die or Jesus comes for you. But it does mean that sin in the world can no longer cast their spell over you. And I can't tell you how many verses speak to this point. It's because we don't really believe it. So the, God has to tell us over and over. Romans chapter 6, verse 6 and 7. Please write down this reference. Know this, Christian. Know it. The old man was crucified with him. It's a great reference verse to Galatians 2.20, isn't it? That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves of sin for he who has died, and that would be you if you've been crucified with Christ, has been freed from sin. It says it. Listen, it's not, I, I'm not saying it. it. The verse says it. You have been freed from sin. Again, it doesn't mean that you no longer will sin. It means the power that sin had, that, that spell that it casts over your life, you're no longer a slave to. Sin no longer has power over it. You've been crucified with Christ. You died with him. Now he lives through you. Okay, again, this part of the verse. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The third thing that it means, it means that once you give your life to Jesus, he's going to be, he has different priorities than you. Him living through you, he's going to be, he's got a, a priority list that's slightly different than you. When you start, when, when you put your faith in Christ and it's no longer you who live, but Christ lives in you, you're going to find uh, that the way you want to walk and the way he's walking, memories living through you, are two very different things. For example, best example in the Bible by far, I think, Luke chapter 6. This is Jesus speaking, love your enemies. That's verse 27. R really? Do good to those who hate you. Verse 27 of Luke 6. Bless those who curse you. Say what? Pray for those who spitefully use you. When Christ, when it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, man, some, some strange thoughts are going to be coming in your head about how to live your life, including pray for those who spitefully use you, who rub doo-doo in your face. You, you're, you're, the, the Bible says, next verse, to him who strikes you on the one cheek, offer another. You're kidding me. But verse 35 of Luke 6 is always the, the killer for me. Really, Lord? Be kind to the ungrateful and evil. Why? Because God is kind to the ungrateful and evil. 
Now that's in a different agenda, if I've ever seen one. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Fourth thing that it means. Christianity is not about imitating Jesus. It's about Jesus living through you. Again, what does it mean? It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. We don't have an imitation faith where we're imitating Confucius or Buddha or whoever, Muhammad, that lived a thousand, two thousand, three thousand years ago. That's, that's not what happens. We don't imitate Jesus. I mean, can you try, imagine, let's, Dave, can we have the list again? Can you imagine trying to imitate this? For even one second, loving my enemies. I mean, I, by the way, this doesn't, this, please don't think this is supremely talking about whatever in the Ukraine. The Ukrainians now, their enemy is Russia. So the Ukrainians uh, loving Russians. Oh, well, yes, it means that. This means anyone treating you like an enemy, including that man or that woman in your own house, and they may be sleeping right next to you every night. They're treating you like an enemy. You love them. Now, can you imitate that? If you try to imitate that, you will fail so incredibly miserable, miserably. But, but the Bible says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives through me. Where you're like, you're kidding me. I need to love this person who has stabbed me in the back, treated me like an enemy. But Lord Jesus, you say in your word that you've given me all things I need for life and godliness. You, got, you better live through me, Jesus. You better live through me now. It's not about imitation. It's not about imitating Jesus. It's about allowing him to live through you. Okay, those are the four things. What it means, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Let's go to the next part of the verse. The life which I now live in the body. Remember, this is the third part. First part is what? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer, second part, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Third part, the life which I now live in the body. What might that mean? What might that mean? The life which I now live. You know, th there's a thousand different things um, we could uh, say about this particular phrase, this particular part of this verse. Uh, but, but the one I want to emphasize right now to you is you actually get to live life the way God intended to a life to be lived. Jesus said one of my favorite verses of the Bible, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy but I, this is Jesus speaking, come that they, and that means you, 
that they may have life and have it to the full. In other words, you get to experience the fullness of life. What does it mean, this third part of this verse, the life which I now live in the body? You actually get to live the life as God intended a human life to be lived. I tell you, a couple weeks ago, I was off walking and praying. And I, was, I read um, Ephesians chapter 5. I pulled up Ephesians chapter 5. Verses 25 to 27. Thank God for iPhones. You can pull up a book while you're walking around Boston. And it says this. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That he might present her to himself a glorious church and not having spot, not having spot or wrinkle or any such things, but that she should be holy and without blemish. And I began to think, what an awesome ministry I have. And never in my life I, do I remember uh, owning these verses, the ministry to my own wife. I have a ministry in which I can, with my own wife, Stephanie, I can, uh, I, I can minister to her in such a way that she's being brought to a place without spot or blemish or any such thing. And, and, it, and it just hit me like it's never um, hit me before. What a tremendous joy I have just to be in this ministry, to pray this into my wife, to live this into her life, to, to uh, present her, it says, uh, like to sanctify her and, and wash her with the cleansing of, um, uh, of the water of the word. And, and I can do that. And I've never owned that as much as I've owned it just in the last two weeks. What does it have to do with this verse? This verse says, the life that I now live. You can live life the way it was supposed to be, and your marriage can be as full and as much of a marriage as it was intended to be. Because Christ in you, the life which I now live in the body, I can, I can have a life, just as Jesus says, to the full. I can have a full marriage. What kind of guy who's been... Married for 35 years is thinking these things. Love your wife like your own body? I tell you, a, 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 a man who has been crucified with Christ, that's who. And men, husbands in here, if you put your faith in Jesus, that's you. That is you. It's such a blessing calling Pastor Scott, who started up the church with us 20 years ago. And... Uh, he moved four or five years ago to Texas. And like every time I speak with him, he, he, he took a, a couple years off um, from ministry. 
public ministry because every time I talk to him, I'm like, I'm just loving my wife. I'm, we're reading marriage books together. We are uh, looking at marriage videos together and I'm just getting this thing as good as I can possibly get. Again, the guy's been married for 25 years. Who does that after 25 years? A man who has been crucified with Christ. That is who. And husbands, that can be for you. Just the most glorious ministry that will give you the most excitement and joy. Now, doesn't matter. Get away with all the jokes of the world. What can I do to get away with, from my wife? I hear stuff like that, and I, I'm completely, that's the most ridiculous. I, I try to think of ways to get with my wife. But, but I mean, I get it. I'd be on my third or fourth wife if, I, if I'd never been crucified with Christ myself. But for the grace of God, go I. But the point is, the life which I live, I now live in the body, you can live life and have a marriage and, and a job and a, and a whatever, a vacation, the way you were meant to have it. Because you've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer you who live, it's Christ who lives in you. And the life that you have now, the life that you have now, you can have to the full. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come to give you life and life to the full, Jesus said. Next part. I live by faith in the Son of God. Everyone with us? Galatians 2.20. Five parts. First part. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life that I now live, next part, I live by faith in the Son of God. What does this mean? I live by faith in the Son of God. Living by faith. Paul says in 2 Corinthians, he says, we, we walk by faith and not by sight. What does it mean to live by faith in the Son of God? Well, let me try to make it easy for you. We can go back to our list again. The only way you can live this life is if you live it by faith. And you live it by faith in the Son of God. It's the only possible way. Lo second, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. That is going to grind on your flesh. No God, no God, no God, please no God. But if you're living by faith in the Son of God, you will just say it all the time. It's just like, you just put one foot in front of the other. You're called to walk. And you do that by faith. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. And by the way, not just from your lips, but getting to the place where you start doing it with your heart. You cannot do this by feeling. Everyone get that, right? The opposite of faith is what? Feeling. 
you, if, if you live by feeling, you will destroy your life. Anyone who's ever lived for any amount of time by feeling, and I, I was an expert at that, you will destroy your life. But the Bible calls you to live by faith in the Son of God, Jesus. If you've told me, number four here, pray for those who spitefully use you. That means people who, uh, who, who use you for everything you've gotten and they could care less about you and they backstab you and, and, and they, they gossip about you. They undermine you. They they, whatever, diss you at every opportunity. It says, pray for those who spitefully use you. You can only do that by faith because by feeling, vengeance is mine, saith Steve. You, you'll be just taking, you'll be doing stupid stuff. I live by faith in the Son of God. To him who strikes you on the one cheek, Offer them another. Not, I'm going to sue them. Which is the knee-jerk reaction of every American <laughs> practically on U.S. soil. No, no, no. no. I, I, I'm going to offer the other cheek. This is what glorifies God. And then again, the clincher, be kind to the ungrateful and the evil. I know every one of you in here has served someone and served and served and, and you have toiled with pain someone or multiple people and they could care less. Be kind to the ungrateful and evil, it says, because God is kind to the ungrateful and evil. That's what the cross is all about. You just live in the cross when you do that, by the way. When you're kind to the ungrateful and evil, the Bible says that God so loved you, he demonstrated his love to you, but while you were yet ungrateful and evil, a sinner, Christ died for you. You're just living off the Christian faith. But the point here being in Galatians 2.20, you better view it by faith because by feeling, ain't no way it is ever going to happen. The life I live, I live by faith in the Son of God. I need to also point this out. This is a reality check. Remember, previously, we were talking about what it means to say, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. That it means that sin no longer has a power over you. Sin, the world no longer has a sway over you. That you have to give in to. I've been crucified with Christ. I'm done with lying. I'm done with cursing, pornography, my lazy self. My, putting my career over absolutely everything and everybody. What happens when you go back into porn? The Bible says in Romans 6, 7, we, we read it. Can, actually, can we get that again, Dave? Romans 6, 7. For he who has died has been freed from sin. What happened to that? I just went back into porn. And I'm a Christian. Or I just trampled over my family because I'm so obsessed about my career. Or I cursed. 
What do I do? You live your life by faith in the Son of God is what you do. And you pick yourself back up and you keep walking. And then when you fail, you pick yourself back up and you keep walking. And you, when you go back into porn, you pick up yourself and you, you keep doing it until that thing's gone. And you can say, not only because the Bible says it, but because you've owned it and experienced it, that sin no longer has a power over me because I've died and I've been freed from sin. Again, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live, now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. So important when it comes to falling on our faith. Falling on our face, rather, a thousand times. But there's victory. Don't let anyone ever try to convince you, as people do with me all the time, that this verse is not true. For he who has died has been freed from sin. But, but victory is only going to come if you walk by faith in the Son of God. Last part of the verse. Who loved me and gave himself for me. who loved me and gave himself for me. Dave, can we have the, the chart with the whole verse on it? The, whole ver the Galatians 2.20, it's at the beginning. So here's the verse, Galatians 2.20. <clears throat> here's the verse. It's broken up in five parts here. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life which I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God. And now the last part, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now this one's the linchpin, and by that I mean, if you don't get this right, nothing else is going to work. At least nothing else is going to work very well. Jesus loved me and gave himself for me. Oh, Lord, help me to know that. Calvary Chapel, if you have to pray that a thousand times until it locks in, pray it a thousand times. Because the Christian life doesn't work. If you don't know that Jesus Christ loves you, that he died for you, he gave his life for you, Again, notice it uses the word me and not us. That's so important. <laughs> it uses the word me and not us. God loved me and gave himself for me. There's a reason that the Bible speaks about the love and kindness and mercy of God hundreds of times. It's because in our fallen nature, our, our sin-saturated bodies, we're incapable, 
were incapable of believing that a God loves me distinct from seven billion other people. How does that work? And not only does he love me, but he actually gave his life for me. Well, doesn't the Bible say God loved the world? Yes, it does. But Galatians 2.20 says, He loved me and gave his life for me. It's not speaking of God's general love for the world. you got to get this, Calvary Chapel. It's speaking about a personal love for you. Singular and intense and distinct love he has for you. I have five kids. I hope they're not thinking, well, yeah, he loves me, but it's that general love he has for all his kids. No, each of my kids, my children, my son and my four daughters, I have a, 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 an intense and personal love distinct to each of them that's different than my love for each and every one of them. That's how God is for you. His love is for you. He loved you and gave his life for you, the Bible says. God loves you like a son. Rather, as a son, because you are. As a daughter, because you are. That's how he loves you. We'll get to this eventually. Galatians 4. Chapter 4, verse 4 says this. Sure, yeah, go, go with me. Just, I guess it's just a page away. You can read it with me. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, this is speaking to you, Calvary Chapel, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Verse 7, therefore you're no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Turn back with me to chapter 1 of Galatians. I tell you, the second sermon I gave on Galatians a few months ago, I know that we pastors and preachers tend to sometimes exaggerate, but I am not kidding. In all my years of, of preaching, I've, I was never so excited to give that sermon. The sermon was on Galatians chapter 1 where I, it was on chapter 1 and the focus was on verse 15 and beginning of 16. It says, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me. Listen, Calvary Chapel. God loves you and gave himself for you. It pleased him. It pleased him before you were even born, it says. Before he knew about all that record of sin that 
whatever lying, that sexual immorality, that murder, whatever it is in your life. Before that ever, but he knew that happening, but it says it pleased him anyway to call you and make you a trophy, a monument of grace. He loved you and gave his life for you. The value you have in the eyes of God doesn't come because you're part of a country, a part of this church, a part of a family. His value becomes, comes because you are you. Do you get that? It means God is love and he loves you. He notices you. God notices you. Because I'm going to call the worship team up at this time. But I want to hit kind of the pause button because this cuts both ways, right? This cuts both ways. God loves you and gave his life for you. It's important that you understand that not only is it important that you understand that if you put your faith in Christ, it says God loved you and gave his life for you, but it also, and that you're noticed, that he notices you, uh, it, it also means, by the way, that, that if you're thinking... Well, I don't need to give my life to, to God. Or, you know, I, I, um, I know I'm in this sin in my life, but <laughs> I'm just part of this huge community in Boston, and man, there's a lot of sin going on. And how could God notice? I'm just one of 362,531. No, He notices your sin. And that sin will put you in hell. If you do not put your faith in Jesus Christ and make him the king of your life. Isaiah said, in Isaiah chapter 6, he said, woe is us. Is that what he said? He said, woe is me. God noticed his sin. God noticed his sin. He notices you. It's an amazing thing in a world of 7.85 billion people. He notices you. He loved you and gave his life for you. But whatever you do, don't think, well, I'm just in this mass of humanity. I can just whatever, get away with it. You get away with Nothing. Jesus says in the Sermon of the Mount, every idle word, every careless word, every word that you were not supposed to say, you will be judged for on the judgment day. He notices. If you've been asked to pray, as a prayer team, if you can come up at this time. I want to ask, I just want to give this opportunity while the worship team is playing it, if you have never in your life put your faith in Jesus Christ, recognizing that, yeah, he's noticed me, he's noticed my sin, and I'm in a big lot of trouble, and I, I got to give my life to King Jesus, who lived for me, died for me, and rose from the dead for me. If you've never done that, come on up. 
It is a simple prayer of faith. Bible says that when you pray, believing who Jesus Christ is and what he did for you and the life that you can now live in him, it says immediately, the Holy Spirit comes in for all eternity into your life. You can't get away from God even if you want to. But man resists that because it means I'm no longer God. I no longer call the shots. I'm no longer the one who, when rubber meets the road, I can do what I want to do because I'm not accountable to anything. God, it's, it's a nice idea to, to, to be a part of my life, but not when these hard decisions, decisions come up. No, that, that, that is not having Jesus as your king. If you've ever... If you've never in your life made Jesus your Lord and your Savior, your, your master and your friend, come on up. And we can, we'll take you through a simple prayer of faith. Or if there's anything else in this message that is stirred in your heart, what it means to be crucified that when the Bible says I've been crucified with Christ it means you died with Christ and now you can be done with sin because it no longer has the power over you like just prayer for an increased understanding of that and a life which glorifies your God rather than brings disgrace on his name because you have his name once you give your life to Christ if there's anything else that has just been stirring in your heart maybe someone in you're sick physically sick or someone in your family is sick we're going to have a just a time of worship and prayer now so if everyone could stand up briefly and then we will worship father I pray in the name of Jesus just thanking you and asking you just to continue the work that you started in Jesus name amen anyone need prayer please come up